couple years ago, I was sitting down, uh, taking a break from my job at The Athletic Media Company, and uh, I was drinking a non-alcoholic beer from Athletic Brewing, and I thought, uh, hey, this this could be a partnership because I'm, I'm an ad wizard, and so I put those two things together, and Took a couple years, but now I get to read ads for Athletic Brewing and uh, their non-alcoholic beers, and I'm excited about it. And I'm excited about it because I like the product. I like the product for a variety of different reasons. There are times where I'm uh, the designated driver, and that is it's perfect for me. I don't feel like I'm, I'm missing out on a whole lot. There are also times where I'm not the designated driver, but it's going to be a long day of gabbing. And I don't necessarily need to have 10 IPAs in a row. So I will mix in an athletic, non-alcoholic beer. And I I feel like I don't miss a beat. And it allows me to pace myself uh, the way I want to do it. It's perfect for beach days, music festivals, baseball games, camping, late nights. Uh, They have a ton of different varieties. They have uh, Light. They have Upside uh, Dawn Golden. They have Run Wild IPA. They have a Hazy IPA. They have Summer Seasonals. They've got a a Lemon Rattler, Ripe Pursuit. I don't even know what a Rattler is, but now I want to try it. I feel bad that I haven't tried it. So this summer, ask for the only non-alcoholic beer you need to know, Athletic. Head to askforathletic.com to find it near you and use the code T. TA2024 to get 15% off your first online order. That's code TA2024 at checkout for 15% off. It's near beer, non-alcoholic beer, and it tastes... Listen, I grew up with some funky ones. Uh, those didn't taste like beer. This tastes like... This This is good non-alcoholic beer. Exclusions and conditions apply. Athletic Brewing Company, fit for all times. Welcome back to Head of the Pack post-NFL League Meetings Edition. lot to talk to. Thought we'd wait until after the meetings were officially over to wrap everything up. Um, we heard a lot of stuff out of Phoenix from Brian Gutekunst, from Matt LaFleur, from other coaches. But I, I want to start with what was probably the most notable thing to come out, and that was on Monday afternoon when Brian Gutekunst in it listen it it wasn't like dramatic but for him it was we we've covered this guy for a while we've seen how he's responded to all the claims or things Aaron Rodgers has said specifically about their relationship how the organization is operated in ways that he uh, prefers them not to over the past couple of years and I don't know if taking the high road is the right term to use but Brian Gutekunst has always kind of brushed it off uh not clapped back per se. And this was uh, him saying, I'm done with you kind of smearing my name and and maybe telling half truths or not truths at all. Listen, I'm not here to say who's telling the truth and who's not. We're just going to present both sides to the story. But without calling him a liar, he called him a liar. Because Rogers goes on McAfee and says, He prefers direct communication, wishes the front office would have been more direct with him about moving on. Then Gutekun says, we tried to contact him many times and he didn't respond. Were you surprised by by, uh, 
the way Brian went about responding to that? Well, first of all, I thought you're going to, you said the biggest news. I thought you're going to lead off with your long snapper question to LaFleur. Oh yeah. So I thought that you were going with that. Um, I guess a little bit surprised because you're right. I mean, he has been deferential to him knowing that, look, the quarterback might have some more, but by God, we need him to have any chance for success. So I'm going to, to use your phrase, take the high road here. You're right. They're done with them. He doesn't need to, he doesn't need to put up with any crap, nonsense, half truths, however you want to put it. So yeah, I, I was a little surprised, but I guess it is just the one more sign that this relationship is officially over with. Um, it is amazing, though, isn't it? That I think I think Rogers' phrase was he loves direct communication. And if you're to take Brian for his word, and honestly, I do, that they reached out to him and he didn't respond to texts or phone calls. That is absurd to go on a national program and say that you love direct communication, but then blow off every opportunity to have that communication. That is, to me, is unbelievable. Um, but I tend to believe him on that one. Yeah, and the reason I do is, is because, listen, this isn't just a he said, she said sort of thing. Alan Lazard, in his introductory press conference with the Jets, when asked about Aaron Rodgers and, I guess, communicating with him this offseason, I don't know the exact uh, line of questioning that led to this answer, but Lazard basically said Rodgers is hard to get a hold of in the offseason. He said something along the lines of, yeah, the communication kind of dies down in the offseason with him. This is not just a Brian Gutekunst thing. So that's why I tend to believe him because, you know, it, it in our jobs, when we hear something, we want to get multiple sources to, to confirm it. Well, Alan Lazard is saying the same thing that the GM is saying. And Alan Lazard has every reason to be on Aaron Rodgers' side because he's going to be his quarterback. So if Alan Lazard is saying what the GM not on Aaron Rodgers' side is saying, then it's probably true. Um, and I do agree. Listen, I don't know if Aaron Rodgers went on McAfee's show and, and explicitly tried to lie because he's not dumb. He knows Brian Gutekunst is going to get in front of a microphone at some point and be asked about what he said and be able to refute it. And who knows, maybe Brian is able to pull up the text messages and say, look at this. So Aaron Rodgers knows if he lied, he would easily be able to be proven wrong and exposed. So I'm not, I can't sit here and say that he explicitly lied on purpose. Maybe he just throws his phone away, gets hundreds of text messages and doesn't read them. And, and just assumed, oh, front office didn't contact me. But even then, it's reckless to go out in front of half a million people on McAfee's show and trash the front office like that and say, oh, after everything we, we did to repair the relationship, it's ironic that I'm now one of these guys that's being shown the door this way on, on the way out. Even if he didn't have malice in saying that, it's reckless to say that at the very least without checking your freaking text messages from the GM because we know I, I, I wanted to get clarification. So I said, so just to make sure, Brian, you, you did reach out and try to have those conversations, not necessarily about moving on, but about how Rogers fit into the team's future. And he said, Oh yeah, many times, many times. 
Aaron Rodgers has responded to other people. He's responded to Pat McAfee. He's responded to uh, the Jets to set up that meeting. He can't respond to his own GM, who he wants to communicate with him more. And when he tries to communicate more, he blows him off. Can't have it both ways, pal. Yeah, I, I, and I understand blowing off people, right? I mean, I have 8,000 unanswered emails right now. 8,000. Oh, and yeah. I, and I'm, and I, I'm not the only one, right? But when my boss contacts me, I sure should respond. And he, he has to understand, right? He has to understand that if Brian Gutekunst is trying to contact him or Matt LaFleur, that by God, he needs to get back to him. Sorry, that was housekeeping in my hotel. I was figuring so. We're going to keep that in. I'm still in Phoenix. Uh, yeah, rub it in. It's going to snow here again today, today, damn it. I might just stay. I went for a walk this morning. It was a little windy. Sorry, go ahead. Finish your point. Um, you have to respond to your boss, especially in this situation when you know that there are enormous organizational questions that need to be addressed, and you are front and center in those things. Check your telephone, right? It's just, it's unbelievable to me. And I, and I do believe, Brian, for the, for the reasons that you mentioned. Um, you know, he'll always have the benefit of the doubt to me because in 20, and before that 2020 draft, when Pete Doherty asked him if he would draft the first round quarterback, and he said yes. So he's always been fairly truthful with us. I tend to believe him in this instance as well, that he reached out, Rodgers wasn't getting back to him, and they moved on. Quite the operation over there. Yeah. And listen, I don't think this is going to be something where we they go back and forth and Rogers now goes on McAfee and Goody responds. But I, I will right. tell you this. I do think more will come out of this. I think Brian Gutekunst said what he said in front of microphones and cameras. After Aaron Rodgers is officially traded, I think we're going to hear more about the last couple of years. Yes. Because like you said, Brian's had to bite his tongue to just please Aaron because they needed him. Maybe they still do need him, but they're choosing not to. And they don't need to worry about pissing him off anymore because he's not going to be their quarterback. So once he's officially traded, I think we're going to hear more come out from the front office side after they've kind of laid low the last couple of years. Yeah, it'll be interesting for sure. Um, there's a lot of questions in the, in the, in the uh, Twitter thread, Matt. So what, what's next? When, when do you think this gets resolved? Um, draft picks, what, what do you think the next stage is here? I think it happens before the draft. Goody was asked this week, um, do you need the draft capital now or can you wait till 2024? He was like, the sooner the better. So at this point, the Jets have the leverage. For as much as Joe Douglas says, we're not negotiating with Lamar Jackson, Aaron Rodgers is our guy. For as much as Woody Johnson says, I'm getting impatient. I want to get this done. The team who needs to get this done quicker is the Packers to get the draft capital. The Jets have the leverage right now. As I've said before, if the draft passes, then the Packers have the leverage. But I, I think the Packers are hell-bent on getting uh, that 2023 draft capital in return, as they should be. Um whether it's a first-round pick, whether it's two seconds, whatever the package may be, I think it gets done before the draft. We have a lot of Rodgers stuff coming up in the, in the, in the Q&A, but what else 
you, you were there. You talked to those guys in person. I was just sitting at home doing maple syrup. Um, what stood out to you other in, in the, on the non Rogers stuff? What 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 stands out to you? Um, I wasn't surprised at this, but I thought it was notable. Matt Lafleur basically started out his sit down with us saying, "We're not crowning Jordan Love just yet." He didn't say, "Oh, this guy's going to be great." And, and honestly, people were freaking out about his quote about uh, you'd be foolish to think he'll play like Aaron Rodgers. People were like, oh, the Packers aren't confident in it. Packers think he stinks. Uh, no. That's what Charles Davis from NFL.com said. Like, really? That's what you took from that? It's, yeah, it's, anyway, it's silly to interpret it that way. Yes. It's silly. Matt LaFleur is right. It is silly to expect Aaron Rodgers or Jordan Love to go out there and perform like Aaron Rodgers. Uh, Brian Gutekunst said after the season, Aaron Rodgers gives them a better chance to win. Mm-hmm. Nobody's debating that. But in Goody's response to my question about, so when you gave him the extension, you said he would be here for at least two years. What, when did it change? He said, you know, the direction the team was going and the fact that he wasn't responding, we had to move on. They have to look out for the long-term success of the franchise. Plus, Aaron wasn't responding. He wanted to go to the Jets. So it's a combination of the factors. This isn't a decision being made on who gives you a better chance to win right now because that's Aaron Rodgers. The reason they're so willing to let him go to the Jets is A, because they're high on Jordan Love. It's not just because Rodgers is pissing them off. They're high on Jordan Love, but also that Rodgers is pissing them off and they have to look out for the long-term benefit of the franchise and think they can surround Jordan Love with enough to at least remain in contention. Is this going to be a year where they go in saying we can win a Super Bowl like they have with Aaron Rodgers? Probably not, but there has to be some sacrifice here to look out for the long-term benefit of the franchise. We can discuss all we want. Was it the right move to give out the contract extension, whatever everyone can have their own opinion on that. But for Matt LaFleur to go out there and say, let's temper expectations a little bit. Uh, yeah, no shit. <laughs> the 24 year old kid starting his first season. And guess what? Fans are going to be impatient when he throws his first pick in week three, when, when, the Packers start out two and three, maybe. But correct me if I'm wrong, Bill. Aaron Rodgers wasn't a Hall of Famer in his first season. It's impossible expectations this kid has to live up to. Of course you're going to temper them. To interpret what Matt LaFleur said as anything else is silly. Correct. I wrote a story the other day based on that, too. So Rodgers, as you mentioned, six and ten. And it's first year. Look, I get quarterback wins aren't a stat, but at the end of the day, as a quarterback, you are asked to win football games. Rodgers went six and 10. Down the stretch, they went one and seven. Six of those losses by four points or less. So Rodgers is good enough to keep them competitive in all those games. He was not good enough to win them. And that's what LaFleur is talking about. And Gutekunst talked about it back in January. It just takes time for quarterbacks to learn how to win. And it's not just Rodgers. Drew Brees, who is second all-time in NFL touchdown passes, 10-17 and 17 with the Chargers. Peyton Manning, third all-time in touchdown passes, 3-13 and 13 with the Colts. Brett Favre, just 26-21 and 21 in three years with Green Bay. Josh Allen, 5-6. and six. Joe Burrow, 2-7-1. Justin Herbert, 6-9. Patrick Mahomes is the real outlier here on first-year quarterbacks who win football games right away. Patrick Mahomes is going to the Hall of Fame. Um, it just takes time to learn how to win games, and, and that's where 
that's where the learning curve is going to come here for Love. He might be really good, but you got to learn how to win these games. And maybe this will be the growing pains here. And as long as he's good enough to keep them in games, he puts up some good numbers and makes a bunch of good passes. I think they'll feel good about this year heading into 2024, which is what all this is about. I think it's 2024, but Rodgers' cap will be gone. You can kind of start building. One thing I wanted to touch on with Love was uh, I thought I might get a distinct answer when I asked Goody if they're going to pick up his fifth-year option. Uh, I did not get a direct answer. I'm not saying that means they won't, but I could see them not doing it. It's risky because if they don't pick it up and he goes and balls out and says, you know what, I'm going to see what I can get on the open market. Then they risk losing him. But at the same time, if they do exercise it and he stinks and they don't think he's going to be their long-term guy, they're stuck paying him $20 million in 2024. So it's not as simple, cut and dry a decision as he's going to be our starting quarterback this year, exercise it. Because that salary isn't for this year. That's for 2024. Right. So I could, there's reasoning for both sides of this. Yeah, I would say on that, that's where you need to have a good relationship with A, Jordan, and B, his agent, and say, Correct. hey, we're not, we're not going to do this. The goal, the thinking here is we're going to extend him midway through 2024, which gives you the lower cap number 2024 rather than having 20 plus million. Um, you can kind of kick the can down the road a little bit. Um, but that's again, that requires a good relationship with everybody that you're not just trying to cover your ass in case your guy stinks, right? That you can kind of wash your hands out of it right away. So, yeah, you're right. Um, I would say also that Rashawn Gary's fifth-year option was like the day before the deadline. So, you know, these guys just don't do anything, you know, until until deadlines come, right? If if they were to do the fifth-year option now and Jordan were to tear out his elbow during throwing passes to Aaron Jones at some park somewhere, right, then you're on the hook for $20 million for a guy who's hurt. So, Yeah, um, but he could throw out his elbow any time after that, too. Sure, but at least it buys you a month of... (laughs) You know what I'm saying, though. I mean, I I guess there's no there's no reason to do it now, right? If you do it now or April 20 or was it May 1st is the deadline? Yeah, May 1st. Whatever, it gets done. Or or the entire focus series is is extending him for the long term. Just like with the trade. Sure, we all would like news now, but right. There's it no four weeks until the draft, right? I mean, exactly. It's going to get done, and it yeah. is going to get done. People are there's too many people way too worked up over this. It's going to get done. The Packers need it to happen. The Jets need it to happen. It's going to happen. Correct. Hopefully, when uh, I'm not at baseball practice or you're on an airplane or something. So I, I'm uh, headed home this weekend, actually tomorrow or today, based on when you're listening to this, Friday to go to Yankee Stadium on Saturday for uh, their opening weekend game against the Giants. And I'll be home for a couple weeks until April 17th when I believe players will be made available when they report for off-season activities for the first time. And a trade could very well go down in the next couple of weeks. And I said, there's maybe a better chance that I go to Aaron Rodgers' intro presser in <laughs> Park, New Jersey, 
because I live in Connecticut and it's, and, and the Jets facility is not too far of a drive. Uh, it's a better chance I do that than when Brian Gutekunst talks explaining the trade in Green Bay. So we'll see. Uh, let's move on from the quarterbacks. One of the most notable things that I took from the non-quarterback talk was the secondary stuff that Matt LaFleur said, meaning not secondary, meaning defensive backs. He said, Rasul ain't playing the slot to start out. He's going back outside. He said, Keyshawn Nixon sounds like he's going to get the first opportunity to win that nickel job. And Darnell Savage, we're putting him back at safety. Granted, they don't really have any other choice. It's clear they're not re-signing Adrian Amos, um, or so it seems. You reported he's, he visited the Ravens. And so I would expect that, you know, Savage would go back to safety unless they want to play Dallin Levitt back there. Where does that leave Eric Stokes? If he's saying Rasul's playing outside, that means Jair's playing the other outside, and, and Nixon's in the slot, they got a 2021 first-round pick. I know you, you had a report on uh, <clears throat> Stokes' recovery. LaFleur said, like, you know, hopefully we get him back in time. What, what, what's the deal with Eric Stokes here? I think that's one of the more interesting non-quarterback aspects of all this is, is his recovery. And, yeah, I know I guess it wasn't classified as an ACL, but an ankle and knee injury that had him out for the season. What, what more do you know about that? Yeah, I was told that they're optimistic they'll be back for the start of training camp. I suppose that's LaFleur leaving wiggle room. And you, I mean, you've been here long enough. The Packers are super conservative with all these guys. I'm getting them back out there. But it is fascinating that at some point, Stokes is going to be healthy. Is he the odd man out here? Jair Basul and Keyshawn is your top three. Where, where does Eric Stokes play? Who Look, Stokes didn't have a very good year last year. But he was all rookie caliber in 2021. So it's not like the guy's bad. Um, I know you can never have enough good corners, but you might have a first-round draft pick as a flyer on the punt team and nothing more. Interesting. I mean, that would be... He was really good as a rookie. Really good. Really good. Right. Not really good last year before the injury. Um, so we'll see where he fits in. It sounds like... You know, Malafleur, staying on the topic of Keyshawn Nixon, um, last year when Matt Lafleur floated, floated uh, the possibility of Keyshawn Nixon playing on offense, Aaron Rodgers immediately shot it down. He said, no, that's not happening. With Rodgers gone, it seems like it actually might happen. <laughs> the guy's electric with the ball in his hands. You'd be foolish not to, right? And I realize his value and kickoff returner is really big, but how many opportunities do you actually get to return a kickoff, especially September through October at least, right? Very few because any kicker with the soul is just going to kick the ball out of the end zone and your all pro is going to sit there with his thumb up his nose. So, yeah, the, the guy is so good with the ball in his hands. Um, and they have, they don't have a true slot receiver right now. They don't mean they don't have a lot of, they don't have a lot of playmakers with the ball in their hands, right? Mm -hmm. I don't think Christian Watson's like this great yak threat. He's a great player, but he's not like a superb yak guy. Yeah, they'd be smart too, I think. A little here and there, dabble on it. Man, that would be interesting. I, I'd, I'd be looking forward to that if they actually do it and live up to their word. Um, Keyshawn Nixon at number like, zero, right? 
Yeah, exactly. That's reserved for a fast guy. You have to be fast if if you wear number zero. Yes. Um, and I would agree that Keyshawn Nixon is fast. Uh, sounds like they're going to go for a veteran for their backup quarterback. Yeah, but who? That's the question. I heard that too. I'm thinking, my God, everybody signed. Teddy Bridgewater. He's not coming here. Teddy Bridgewater, he wants to play, right? If, if you're a so he 30, goes, he's only 30. If you're a 30-year-old quarterback, don't you want to play? So, so he'll go somewhere with a shakier starter. Yeah, or they go the Jake, they go draft their guy, and you know he'll be the bridge, the bridge guy. God, no, no pun intended. Yeah, I mean, I, right. I, I would think him, a guy like him, would is not going to come here to go pull the clipboard. But I mean, I suppose I could be wrong, but that just makes sense to me. How about uh, Blaine Gabbert? I believe played for yeah. Matt in Tennessee. Right, that makes sense. Yeah, Mason Mason Rudolph, he ain't competing for a starting job anywhere. Uh, Tom Brady, uh, Matt Ryan, <laughs> Arson Wentz. I'm just reading the names of the guys oh, who are still terrible. Right? I mean, the, the list of guys that have been signed. Horrific. Horrific. You know what? Honest to God, if you were to give me the top five guys that are available, I might put Tim Boyle on it. I might put Tim Boyle like. Is he available? He is available. Bring him I'd, back. I'd sign Tim Boyle. Right. Because look, you don't, you don't need a guy who's. I mean, you elect a guy who could come in when a game to something happens, but you you want your backup to be the, just that extra extra set of eyes, the extra set of ears, the guy who's played and has seen everything that you've seen or Jordan's going to see. Yeah, I, w- I would think Boyle makes sense. And so, yeah, Blaine Gabbert, too. Is Blaine Gabbert a good quarterback? No. But I want to say he started 48 times in his career. That's There's some value there. There is. Anything else that that you took out of uh, out of these two pressers? Or you want to get on to some questions? Yeah, we can get on. I, I guess Mason Crosby. Um, they didn't officially close the door on him, but man, I don't know. Listen, it seemed like a change in tone from when Goody talked about him at the combine. At the combine, he said, "You're going to see a stronger leg this year." Then now he says, "We've never officially closed the door." He's done all these great things, but we'll see. I, at this point, all we have to do is, like, all we have is to read between the lines. And, yeah, you never close the door, but don't you think they w- would have re-signed him by now? Yeah, I think these guys are, are in pinching pennies mode. Yeah. Right? They're going to build as good of a team as they can. Um to get up the salary cap cycle that they're on or having to restructure everybody every single year and try to maybe be a little bit, be a little bit more active next year. That's my two cents. I agree. All right, here we go. Question. Chad, go blue two zero one one seven seven seven. My question. Yeah, that's gotta be a, a fake account. You don't have that many numbers at the end of your account. If it's not a fake account, but we'll, we'll allow it. It's a Joe Barry question though. Oh, okay. Wrote, my question is if Joe Barry is terrible again, Will Matt Lafleur, not you, be on the hot seat as well? I think that's a fair question. Yes. Yeah. So he, Matt Lafleur was said, asked about that. What, what did what did Matt say about <laughs> Joe Barry? He was asked about that. Let me pull up his exact quote so I don't get this wrong. He said, "Sorry, I have a runny nose, so apologize for my sniffling. If you can hear it." Um. He said, I think there's something to continuity. 
I think when you look at it, there were times and we had a really rough stretch in the middle of the season where I don't think any of us would agree that we performed up to our ability. But it was hard to I never want to say it was, oh, we lost a game because of the offense or we lost a game because of the defense. I think there were a lot of games that our defense gave us an opportunity to win the game. And I felt like towards the end of the season that we were getting better and better and better. I thought Joe was doing a good job of communicating with our players. I thought, I thought our staff was doing a great job together, putting our guys in a better situation, having just more clarity on what it is we wanted to be in our play style. And I thought it got better. I felt like that. What I felt like that was in the best interest of us to bring all those guys back. Uh, it's been now one and a half shaky years with Joe Barry, or I should say a pretty inconsistent two years. If they underachieve again, it's not only Barry gone, but it's Lafleur on the hot seat for sticking his neck out for this guy and repeatedly getting it wrong. Correct. I agree with you. And, and while what he, he said is probably all true, who do those good performances come against? A bunch of god-awful offenses. And I will say personnel-wise that this defense is built to play from ahead with the pass rush and the DBs. Um, well, you better hope Jordan Love's going to score some points. Here's one from, from, from Phoenix, Matt, from Kenoa Phoenix, NFL owner. What is the likelihood of Zach Tom starting at center this year? Um, boy, it's a good question. I think that has to do more Josh Myers. If, if Myers is not good enough, I could see that job opening up. I don't know that LaFleur is going to explicitly have. Zach Tom against Josh Myers at center. I would think, um, I would say Myers gets the first shot at it. And if he struggles, then maybe you throw Zach into that. But it's up to Myers first. And man, Zach Tom's value of playing everywhere, I think, does hold up. Uh, I think that's important. What do you think? Oh, absolutely. Um, it's going to be some. Listen, the offensive line is going to be good, I think, if they stay healthy, knock yes. on wood. Uh, Bakhtiari, Jenkins, and Runyon, I think, are sharpied in as starters at left tackle, left guard, and right guard. Center could be Tom or Myers. I believe Goody has said, you know, he viewed Meyer or viewed Tom as a center when he first came out. Mm-hmm. Um, right tackle could be Yash or Zach Tom. So they've got a, a first six, a nice first six to choose from. They always say we got to put our best five out there. Zach Tom's probably better than Josh Myers right now. And if he can play center, you might want to try that out. Yeah, I think Yash is going to be really good too. Um, if you remember last year, I mean, he just he literally just got thrown in at right tackle, right? I mean, he had to play left tackle for the offseason. He had to play left tackle for training camp, the preseason, and the start of the year because Bakhtiari wasn't out there. So um, I, I think – a full off season and a full summer of Josh Nyman at right tackle. I think, I think he's going to be just fine. I, I, I probably more bullish on him than maybe some of the listeners are. Well, he wasn't exactly healthy when he got pulled from the correct. Uh, he had that shoulder injury for those last couple games against the Lions. Correct, hundred um, percent. Along those lines, from Ryan Will, Rudy Ford, Zach Tom, T.J. Slayton, twenty twenty three starters. Rudy Ford, we'll start one, one at a time. 2023, Rudy Ford, Matt. Starter? Is that a question or yeah. a statement of if we have these three guys starting, we're screwed? Well, let's just let's just go through them individually. Will Rudy Ford start? Yes. Correct. 
I know we got into Zach Tom, but do, do you think he starts or is his value going to be as that sixth man? You got to start him. Yeah. And TJ Slayton to me, yes, he will start because who in, is it going to be Chris Slayton? I mean, come on. They have three guys. Oh, hey, 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 hey. Don't, don't disrespect my Syracuse guy like Let's that. Let's go orange. But nonetheless, <laughs> they've got three guys who've ever played in a game under contract. And I realize that Dean Lowry and Jaron Reed weren't like great football players, but they have three guys now who've ever played. But What's uh, Jack Heflin up to? What's Jack Heflin up to these days? Uh, who knows? Sign them. They're up. I mean, they, they got to get a guy super early there. Super early, and then you maybe late, and you let those guys battle Jonathan Ford for four, yeah. five, six. You know Rudy Ford's real first name is Jonathan. Jonathan, I know, right? Thank God he's Rudy. Thank you, Rudy. So which Jonathan Rudy. are you talking? One of them has an H, one of them, meaning an H at the beginning of the name. One of them doesn't. So, yeah, uh, <clears throat> yeah next question. <laughs> what are your realistic expectations for this team? That's from Sam Stefich. I realize, I realize we got to get through the draft. I get it, but just kind of knowing where they are now and the kind of the state of the NFC North, what do you think? I would say hmm. I would say the the ceiling is probably 11 and 6. The floor is 5 and 12. Realistic, probably nine and eight. So better than with Rodgers, okay. Well, yeah, because they had a shit ton of injuries last year. Not to Rodgers, Bakhtiari, Jenkins. You know, Tunyon was coming back from one. Uh, rookie receivers, Gary. Obviously, there are going to be injuries every year, but let's just assume they don't have as crap of luck last year. Um, I, I think nine and eight and a, a playoff chance is realistic. Yeah, I'd agree with you. Those old, those old line injuries. Can't, you can't overstate the importance of those. Again, you, you have the, the, the musical chairs of, of Jenkins and Nyman. Those guys are going to be settled in. Um, Bakhtiari thinks he's passed everything. Goody thinks Bakhtiari's passed everything. So I will take them at the word that he's passed everything. It's not a bad starting group. Not at all. So you're taking the over because DraftKings has them at seven and a half. Yeah, I would take And Bet Online has them at seven. Yeah, I would take the over. Okay. So how about in the NFC North then? Because the Vikings take a step back, presumably. A, they are so fortunate with all those close wins, but they're gonna, probably going to trade Dalvin Cook. Darius Smith is weaseling his way out. Um, the Lions look like they're going to be really good, and they got two first-round picks. The Bears have spent $8, million or $8 zillion. Uh, they've got four of the first 64 picks. Where, where, how do you see them? Where, where, where do you see that shaking out? Are the Detroit Lions going to be favored in this division? They are pretty overwhelming favorites, actually, right now. Uh, I I think it's going to be real close. All the teams are pretty even this year. They are, right? I was going to say, it's going to be like 10 and 7 first place, 7 and 10 last. Something like that. But yeah, I could see that. Yeah, for sure. 
Talking about the Rodgers trade here, this is from Cathel41. What would be more important to the Packers in the trade, picks or cap space? Picks. 100% picks. Yeah, probably, but I think they would like to get off the this cap carousel, right? Of having to restructure everybody every single year. If you can get $40 million off of next year's tally by trading them now. Pretty decent. Yeah, job. I would I would say the picks for the most part. I, I I just think the Green Bay Packers are not a team that um I don't know passes up a chance to to compete now and plan for the future. I think they would there's a balance between giving up on the future and and competing. Let me put it this way. I'm having a hard time articulating this. The Packers are ne- never going to be a team that does like a rebuild. I'm not saying they would anyway, uh, regardless of how this situation plays out, but they're not going to do like, uh, oh, okay, let's wait to make this trade so we so we can uh, have more cap space this year, or let's make it now just so we can get the cap space you know, taken care of now and then have that $40 million off the books entirely next year. I think – that yes, they care about the cash space, but ultimately it's what can help us compete right now. Instead, I think they, they think present before future. Now, is that always good? Probably not, because the past couple of years, they've thought present, 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 and it might screw them financially in the future. But at the same time, there is something to be said about an organization that uh, always tries to win now. That can't be said for all teams. And I think prioritizing draft picks in 2023 is the signal, which I think the Packers are doing is the signal that they're prioritizing winning now, because if they cared more about, you know, the cap space this year, they, they wouldn't be in as much of a rush because they'd have until June 1st to get this deal done. Yeah. It seems to me their June, that whole June 1st thing is just not on the radar at all. It's just, uh, yeah. just take the cap pit and move on, which is, I think, I think that's the way to go. Yeah. All right. We got time for one more, man. Anything stand up for you? Or Let's roll one? through it. You see any? Yeah. I, we're going to go through the draft here stuff at some point. But this is from 1912 Fantasy. How about the lack of roster depth and talent at some key positions for this upcoming season? Um, what stands out to you? Is there two or three spots to you that they just absolutely have to take care of here? Yeah, tight end, I think. And uh, because at safety, they at least have guys who have like proven at times they can be starting caliber guys in Savage and Ford. I still think they need a future starter there and better depth. At tight end, you have nobody. Josiah DeGuar is maybe a nice gadget piece, but your two main guys of the last couple of years have been Robert Tunney and Mercedes Lewis. Both are gone, assuming Mercedes Lewis doesn't come back, which I don't think he will. Um, you got to draft a tight end. Dane Brugler just put out his latest top 100, eight tight ends among that. Goody has complimented this tight end class multiple times. I would be surprised if the Packers don't draft at least one in the first three rounds. Um, so tight end and then edge rusher. Pass rush is the most important thing on defense. You don't know if Rashawn Gary is going to be fully healthy week one. You saw how bad the pass rush was after 
he got injured. You got to address that position as well, even if it's not just a starter. Remember, when Gary was drafted, it wasn't to be a starter, but look what he's become. That is a position where you plan for the future, I think. Yeah, can't have enough pass rushers. Tight end is huge, and you've got to give Jordan Love every chance to be successful. Tight end receiver somewhere in those first three, four rounds. Totally agree. All right. Appreciate you all listening to us. This trade's going to go down soon, I think, so we'll have an immediate reaction episode after that. Thank you for all your questions, and we will talk to you soon. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager.